Hello, Ethernauts. Welcome to Ether Talk, the show where we talk about what just happened on Ethernautica. This is our chance to discuss our thoughts and theories on what is actually going on in the Ethernautica world. I'm your host, Kelly. You may know me as Rose Worthington from the show. Today, I have with me a longtime listener, Thomas. Hello. How are you? Anything you want to say about yourself, Thomas? I'm bald and happy to be here. Thanks for having me. Two amazing qualities. Before we get into this specific episode, since this is your first time on the show, how did you discover Ethernautica? So I do another show and I had gotten somehow into like a follow Friday situation on Twitter. And uh, I think I I had been follow Friday by uh, Strangerlands. Mm. And then I just started following all of the people that they had mentioned. And Ethernautica was one of the first ones that they had mentioned. One day I was like, well, I'm retweeting their episodes. I might as well try it. And I really fell in love with the concept of the steampunk horror or or, um, steampunk eldritch podcast world that Deadline had created. And I've been a fan ever since, ever since that first couple episodes that I had listened to. Brilliant. That kind of was my second question is what kept you listening? Well, what kept me listening was the quality. The world was interesting, but if it had been... If it hadn't been for, you know, the amount of love that Deadline put into it and the, you know, the, the music stings and the sound effects and how he tried to make it a half audio drama, half real play, actual play podcast, uh, I might have like waned off. Hmm. But because of that and how just how interesting and attention grabbing that stuff is that he adds into it. And the love that he puts into it, or that uh, all of you put put into it, really, uh, is what's kept me uh, coming back. Thank you. Actually, that really means a lot. It shows that the work is being recognized by other people. You know, so much of this happens behind the the curtain that I I think a lot of people don't think about it. But I know other podcasters do. Yes. And, you know, having been another another podcast, I know I'm uh, the worst at editing. (laughs) And I have tried... And I do okay. I, it takes me twice as long as other people to edit a podcast episode. But then when you think about, you know, going through a sound library and picking out sound effects that make sense and music stings that make sense, I'm like, it, that's beyond the pale for as far as work goes. And I couldn't, I couldn't do it. Yeah. And Deadline used to do all of it by himself. And when I realized he was killing himself to get these episodes out, I was just like, okay, we're splitting this. I will clean up the episode. You will add all the other sounds. Right. Yeah. I mean, that's the only way it works. Do you have any thoughts you would like to share on season one? You know, I dug season one. It got a little confusing in the middle when when things were going back and forth uh, between the characters. But I also liked the fact that there was more than just uh, Ralph and Daisuke and, uh, and Rose. I absolutely loved. Was it Elena? Was that her name? Alana. Uh, I loved Alana. Jimmy is fun, but, you know, Mike playing just different, two completely different kinds of characters. Mm-hmm. They were just opposite ends of the spectrum, and that and that was fun. So I had a great time uh, listening to the first one. The ending uh, really threw me for a loop. I wasn't expecting it to end the way that it did, so mm-hmm. I was very, very surprised. Um, and I'm usually not surprised. That's exciting. What are your thoughts on Martian Abbey? So, okay, first of all, is Martian Abbey supposed to be... Downton Abbey. Is that what he was trying to... Is that the joke there? It was supposed to be this like upstairs, downstairs, Downton Abbey kind of setting where we were all playing servants in a household. 
Yes. Okay. I just wanted to make sure that that was what we were trying to accomplish with the name because I've never seen Downton Abbey. Yeah, me neither. I thought that the premise is wonderful. Um, I wish there was more than three episodes of, of these characters. I um, was completely taken aback by a couple of things that happened uh, in the first two episodes. So it's specifically... Uh, everything that's been going on with, um, I almost said Daisuke, uh, Stylus's character and the, uh, murder of Sybil mm-hmm. was, uh, I was not expecting that at all. That came, how it happened came out of left field. The fact that Sybil is a, a two inch tall woman, <laughs> um, comes out of left field. I was completely taken aback by that storytelling. <laughs> this is about Eliza and her group. Eliza, who is an adventurer. Eliza is not an adventurer. She specifically says, I'm not an adventurer. I have that written down in my notes and not as underlined three times. (laughs) Eliza is not an adventurer. She is a cook. Exactly. So episodes one and two, we definitely have everything set up. I feel like episode three, it's the fallout of everybody's actions. Three is... Three is so short, though, and that's that's the only disappointing piece of it. <laughs> it was only 40-some-odd minutes, whereas the other ones were all over an hour. Yeah. To be fair, though, a, the, the raw audio file was over an hour, but there was a lot of mechanics talk, and we do our best to cut as much of that out. So it, it really shortened the entire episode. And that makes sense because this was where the only, and I'm using this term loosely, combat was. Correct. Let me ask you because maybe I just didn't understand or I didn't pick it up when Stylus took over Jane. She was another botanist or she was a handmaiden to Sybil? She was, I believe, like a lady's maid to Sybil and assisted Sybil in her botany. That is my understanding. Yeah, they had made a mention about Jane doing botany or, or or something of that nature, and I, I had a hard time following that around. I really feel like Jane didn't have any stats until she started being played by a player. So. And that was just because Abby, normal, yeah. uh, got left behind and blown, I'm, I'm assuming, blown up. I think, if I remember correctly, part of the house collapsed on her and she got knocked out, and that is where we left her, and we never went back to her. So that's a possibility. So we could always go back and find out what happened. I'd, I would be very interested in that. I would imagine Stylus would be as well. If Stylus could, Stylus would play all of his characters at the same time. So there were some some things that came out of left field that really made it work. And I, I feel like there were other ways to to do the, the same things, but they would have been it would have been a longer episode and a lot more exposition. As, as a for instance, so Eli's uh, character Carter, mm-hmm. his consciousness just bamped out. He's fuck it, I'm gone, mm-hmm. and got replaced with the Yith- Yithian. Mm-hmm. That created a new dynamic. It kind of resolved his storyline. And kind of uh, tied that up in a, in a loose bow so that they can move on. Otherwise, we would still be dealing with that whole situation with him murdering and all of that. Although, well, in any case, <laughs> just thoughts upon thoughts on that. But yeah, I mean, that, that's what this was. It was just putting bows on things. But the, the left turns, like the, the deus ex machina of the large, tall woman with the spear and the dagger, you know... I don't feel like that was necessary given what had happened just moments before, but 
it was a nice bow to put every wrap everything up in. It allowed Deadline to introduce this character, and it makes me yearn to hear what happens next. <laughs> Knowing that this was a one-shot, quote-unquote, and we might not hear from them for some time, I'm, I'm more than a little disappointed. I want to hear more. No, oh, this is the right place to say it. Yeah, no. <laughs> Deadline. More. More, more of... Eliza and Jason and Jane, maybe Jane, maybe not Jane, and Naked Lady and, <laughs> you know, the Yithian non-Carter person. What did you think of the scene where the Yithian uh, defended himself against the saber-tooth cat? <laughs> so it's funny that you mentioned that. I have a hard time with the vomit noises. Mm-hmm. I don't do fake vomit noises well. Mm-hmm. However, I laughed my ass off when all of this was going on. I even wrote that like he tried to ink the saber tooth tiger. Mm-hmm. And, and as soon as he said that, I was like, well, what would he do? Just like pee on him or pee himself? Or, and then you, the, the vomit was, that's exactly what would happen. Just yep. projectile vomit all over. And... <laughs> <laughs> I have it written down in my notes. Let me see. Uh, Sabretooth Tiger approaches. Yithian quote-unquote inks him. Cat is quote-unquote defeated. Best (laughs) combat ever. (laughs) Like, it would have been fine at that point, right? Mm -hmm. And then he decided to to bring the tall, large woman to kill the cat via the sphere and Mm -hmm. the Sabretooth Dagger. But I feel like if this was 5th edition, experience points for defeating the monster would have been passed out before that that lady ever (laughs) showed up. Like, nope, you successfully averted this uh, combat. Right. I also absolutely love that that Carter left the way that he did. Uh, I have a note that he he leaves like Zoidberg. That was the joke. As soon as that happened, I that was the image that was in my head was just him crab walking into the forest, <laughs> never to be seen or heard from again. Possibly, yes. <laughs> oh boy, that was a lot of fun. I mean, full marks to Eli for putting that together. <laughs> my favorite goose for that was when Eli was just basically like, well, I won. And Styles is like, you don't win at tabletops. He's like, well, I did. And then Xander <laughs> is trying to... No, I won before you won. Yeah. No, that was, um, those goose were actually really good. I did not make notes on them, but I, I dug that they were like 10 minutes long. You guys never put that much in, but yeah, I always stick around for the goofs. I thought it was just really interesting because when Deadline was like, you guys are all going to play servants. I specifically made a non-combat, non-adventuring character. And I feel like it was very interesting watching how, especially mine and Silas's characters, when he started playing Jane, reacted to situation versus like what we would normally do on this podcast. Well, I mean the same thing for J- for uh, Xander's Jason, right? He was still a servant. Mm-hmm. He just he was athletic, but he, he was, was still a servant. Exactly. That's that is, you know, what would happen if you or I were at the grocery store mm-hmm. and the monster appears, and now we're the heroes of our own story? Kind of have to. Think of it that way, right? There was a distinct lack of murder hoboing. <laughs> I don't want to kill the thing. I have a garden trowel. I have <laughs> an eel pie. I can't do it. I'll throw food at it. I had a lot of fun with this with this entire arc. And I, like I said, I, I would be very interested to revisit. Or even knowing Deadline, at least his storytelling uh, ability like I do, it would be interesting if they went back to IO at some point if your original party, original quote unquote, mm-hmm. party made it back to IO and found P 
pieces of them or remnants of them or evidence that they had existed but not necessarily the party. Oh, and it was it was neat that Deadline was taking his his direction for the cat. Like he <laughs> yep. took a step back and and let everybody know that this isn't me. This is what Eli is texting me to do. Which at the time I didn't know. He added that after the the fact just as a little aside for the audience to be like wink wink nudge nudge. Yeah. No, that was that was actually really fun. I, I mm-hmm. appreciated that, that he had an NPC that wasn't really an NPC. I think that that's something that can be done more mm-hmm. just so that it's not so the NPCs aren't just signposts, Yeah, which sometimes I know that that from DMing, it feels like sometimes NPCs are just there to be signposts. Mm-hmm. Props to, to Deadline. None of his feel that way. Well, that's good. I feel like um, these one shots we recorded, the one that just aired and the one that we did between seasons, those were our first test runs into having remote guests. Yeah, the last time it was also Xander, right? But was it was it also Eli? I don't remember. Yeah, that. we had Xander and Eli. They went on the heist with us. Oh, that's right. Yeah, no, Xander, um, Xander is, is wonderful. Eli, I don't know Eli as well because I don't listen to Hoof and Sword. It's on my list. Mm-hmm. I promise I'm going to, to listen to it at some point. Mm-hmm. Um, but Xander and Heartbeats is, is really good and he's a cool dude, so yeah. If we see these characters again, what would you like to see them doing? <laughs> the one I'm most interested in is, is of course, the uh, naked lady <laughs> for uh, for numerous reasons. <laughs> Jason, and it would be interesting to have all of these guys come back as NPCs, like, or just have references to them, mm-hmm. where Jason is, like, running the biggest whorehouse <laughs> on IO. And, you know, Eli is just like feral in the uh, <laughs> in the jungles of Io spewing on creatures and then knocking them into submission. In mm-hmm. I don't know what to think of Eliza. Honestly, she would just be like running the commissary somewhere, I guess. Right. Or even better, she turns into an adventurer because of all of this that's going on. Yeah, it would it would be neat, I think, to come across these characters not not where they've had this stuff in their back in society, but kind of and not like right where we left off either, but just see how they naturally progress that's later fair. on down the road. What would you be interested in seeing from the main cast as season two progresses? Well, I mean, for one, I want Margaret Van Fleet. <laughs> so does Rose. Right. However that happens, I need that to happen. <laughs> I would also want to know more about Rose and her clones, but more more specifically, what happened to Rose Prime? I want to know more about... For me, the the steampunk science of it is very, very intriguing. So I want to know more about how all of this stuff works without working <laughs> and not being super like technologically advanced. Like, how do you make this an ongoing thing? Mm-hmm. And I want it. I mean, if we're, we're going there, I want more Yithians. I would love to hear more about that because I thought that the the episode where Rose was reading and talking to the in, in the Yithian body was so out of left field <laughs> but also like 
fascinating to me. Like mm-hmm. there's this whole other culture that we've only touched on now once kind of in detail and once in passing. Mm-hmm. And I think that that has the potential to be very important. Mm-hmm. So I want more of that. That's okay. me. That's the kind of that's the kind of guy I am. Otherwise, I would love to see some Pinkertons and uh, Army uh, mash it up. That's what I would love to see from season two and any ongoing seasons, <laughs> assuming that you're going to continue. Well, we are recording season three right now, so. <laughs> right. Well, yes, I would like to to see that. I, I would like to get more into that, and I would with with the time like the time jumping and and all of that. I would also find it interesting just because it's the kind of stories that I like. Love to see Victorian steampunk go away in the future and what happens there because it wouldn't be the same as what we have. This is so true. So just watching Deadline's creativity have to take that apart and then put it back together, I, that would be I, I, that would be a nerdgasm for me. Well, even jumping to the 1920s like we did, we got a peak, a peak of the diesel punk. Yes, and that was fun because it's revisionist history but not but then also what's the natural progression from steampunk Mm -hmm. and that's diesel punk and then what's beyond that you know how how do you do that and still make it distinct but futuristic so the next what for me the next piece would probably be fallout style 50s nuclear punk i guess Nuclear punk? Is that a thing? That should be a thing. <laughs> I honestly would, wouldn't be surprised if Deadline knows where this all goes. And I specifically haven't been asking because I, I'm, I'm enjoying discovering. Right. Well, and that's that's how we are as listeners too, mm-hmm. right? We like hearing when something comes unexpectedly, like what we get, like when, when you guys traveled to the 20s. But also, you know, putting this together and dealing theories and whatnot. There's not a lot of that in the the Discord, but I feel like there could be a whole other channel devoted just to that. It's a little bit what I try to do with Ether Talk. It's like tell right. us your theories. No, I definitely I think having a, a bit of time hop would be a lot of fun. Not that I think that it's a theory, but I think it would be fun for mm-hmm. for you and Deadline and for the rest of the the crew to do. And I think it would be neat for Deadline, like you said put all this stuff together and figure out, you know, what's next. Well, what would be the natural progression of that? Okay, mm-hmm. well, what's that? What's after that? Mm-hmm. Does anything ever end up shaping to be like us mm-hmm. uh, where we're at now? I, I do honestly think that the next piece would be um, that 50s styled, 60s styled nuclear future. Mm-hmm. Fallout. You guys playing a Fallout type situation would be neat. I know he likes Fallout. In college, I was actually in a Fallout tabletop game that he ran. So you guys have been playing 1889 for a long time, right? 1889 is how I originally met Deadline. Is He was running a game while we were in college. But that game got too big for its britches because there was literally like 20 other people in it at one point. So, Holy shit. So we did that. And then I also was in a Fallout game with him. And then like we took writing classes together uh, we've tried to work on creative projects on and off over the years, and Ethernautica was just the latest project, and it has actually survived the brainstorming part of it. So, <laughs> Well, yeah, I'd say so. If you're in the middle of season three, it's definitely survived the brainstorming <laughs> section. 
I'm really a fan. The creativity is top notch, but mm. also the the love and care that was given to it. I didn't know that it was just one of many throwaway projects that you've put together, but the the love and care that's that's given to it is is very evident. I I'm a huge huge fan. I stand Ethernautica. So you two aren't best friends? You act like you are. It was one of those friendships where it came in and out of our lives and we just kept coming back and going away and then coming back. But now I feel like Stylus and Deadline are are definitely like my podcast family. Like today we were all just hugging each other. It's like, I appreciate you. <laughs> so See, that's how I feel about, about my cast. Um, unfortunately, none of them live here except for one, and, and he's a very busy dude. So, But I definitely feel like they're some of my best friends, even though we've only known each other for about a year now. Just how it happened to work. I think this is a good place to end our discussion today. Thank you all for joining me. I hope that you enjoyed it. Once again, I'm Kelly, and you can find me on Twitter at MightBeKelly. Thank you for taking your time to talk with me today, Thomas. Where can our listeners find you? Well, thank you. Um, It's been a pleasure to be a part of this. You can find me on Twitter at TheNerdlyKing. I usually just retweet uh, a bunch of take care of yourself, health tip type stuff, and uh, yell about politics but we also i also do a uh, real play actual play fifth edition podcast called for whom the dice roll and they're available on twitter at fwtdr podcast thank you ethernauts for listening if you'd like to be on an episode of ether talk you can contact us via twitter or on our website ethernauticapodcast.com until next time <laughs>